It's good to be with you this morning. Um, if Idon was, was to decide and say that, let's go home, uh, you're not going to preach, I'd say yes. I don't know if he, you were listening to the songs. Um, it feels like the good news has been proclaimed already. Good news at last, because those songs were really very prophetic. They all spoke about the good news of Jesus Christ. So um, we are going as a church, um, Common Ground Church, as a family, we are going through this uh, sub-series called uh, Good News at Last. And uh, we are going to go through that. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Am I? Can you hear me properly? Okay. So, um, because this is not Weinberg. Um, <clears throat> I just have to be mindful of that. So we, we, we are going through um, the book of Mark. You know, the gospel according to Mark is what we are going to be looking at. And for the next five weeks, we are going to be looking at Mark chapter 5, verse 1 to 45. And um, so there are a few things that I want to mention before we can get. And today we will read just the first, uh, we'll read eight verses from Mark chapter 1. But we get to the gospel. When you are studying the gospel, or when you are at your only time, or when we are preaching from the gospel, there are four many ways God speaks to us through the gospels. And it's good for me to mention them. Um, the first one is about Jesus' unique and lordship that shows he is worthy of our devotion and trust and surrender. That's the one way that God speaks to us. And uh, the second one is something about Jesus' character or ministry that we can imitate. You know, the minister of Paul, Paul says, please imitate me as I imitate Christ. And uh, the third one is something Jesus taught that we could understand or apply to our lives. And the fourth one is insights we can apply based on the way various people responded to Jesus. Now, just to mention the goal, so I believe that God is going to use one of the four ways this morning to speak to you or to speak to us as we read from Mark chapter 1. But the goal of our sub-series is that we can deepen our understanding and love of Scripture. That is the goal of this sub-series, and that's the reason why we've come up with the devotion, the devotion book which you can get at the involvement desk, uh, which is very important. And the second goal is to grow in relationship with each other. Uh, it is very important to read the Gospels or Scriptures uh, in group, so I encourage you, if you are not part of a life group, to please join a life group, because that's when you can get to ask right questions. Is that not good? Great. So, please turn with me to Mark chapter 1, verse 1 to 8. As I said, the, I believe that this morning God might use the 
You know, the first way that is Jesus' uniqueness and lordship that shows he is worthy of your devotion, my devotion, trust, and, and surrender. And we are going to see that from Mark. And also insights we can apply best on the way various people responded to Jesus. And in this case, we are going to look at John, John the Baptist. So we read the, the word of God. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Beyond I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and ate honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the stripe of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is God's word. Father, we thank you for your word to us this morning. Lord, I pray that we will be attentive to your spirit, and I pray that you speak to us through your word, O oh God. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. So let me ask you a question. How many of you, you see it, and you are expecting bad news at last? How many of you sit back and expect bad news at last? You know, you're just sitting, you're expecting bad news. There's not such a person. But I think we sit and expect good news. Isn't it? Good news is what we sit and wait and expect. But I have to ask this, I have to say this, there is no way that we can avoid bad news. Bad news is there, whether we like it or not. And I believe some of you in the past seven days, you've had some bad news. Can I see some of you? You've had some bad news. A deal went down. You know, your tap went mad in the kitchen. You were went, you went not accepted at the Stellenbosch University. Illness, accident, like I just shared about my wife's sister. You know, these bad news are there. And when they come, they don't leave us the way they find us. Do you agree? Bad news, when it comes, it doesn't leave us the same. When my wife received the news about the sister, I looked at her. She was not the same person before she received the news. I was not the same person. 
Two years ago when I lost my young sister, I got the news and I was, at, I was busy preaching. She was calling me just a few minutes before she died, but I could feel my phone was ringing. It was my sister. At the end, when I tried to call back, she didn't pick up. But then my elder sister called me and said she was trying to get hold of you so that you could pray for her. And when I got that news, I was not the same. It left us bad news will leave us confused, disturbed, with a lot of questions. The same as good news. Isn't it? When we receive good news, our emotion tank gets up. We are excited, grateful, joyful, happy. That's what good news does to us. You know, when you hear about there is a new baby, it's a girl that you shout and you are busy, you want to share. On the, you know, you, you, are no long, you are not the same person as you were before that. Grandparents, you know, you want all your friends to know about it. Great business deal. You know, you want all the kids to know that things are okay, they're going great. But if you think about it, even the good news that we get in this life usually tend to be bad news at times. They are not permanent. They come, but it is not a good news that came to stay. You sign a great business deal today, a month later, a big client pulls out. You are excited about a baby girl, and before you know it, the mother, she's holding that little baby on the chest, and the doctor gets into the room and said, I just want to speak to the husband. What was the great news and the good news tends to be a sad news and the bad news because the, doc- the doctor said the child only have 50% chance to live. I am trying to get us to understand that we cannot avoid bad news, but we, can, we will get bad news in this life, but we will get also some good news in this life, but those good news are not permanent. They are not here to stay. We've just read from Mark Mark is making an announcement of a different kind of news. And this is a news that will stay, that will last forever. Mark's announcement points us to a great and shakeable news. The good news. What good news? Verse 1 tells us that the beginning of the gospel of Jesus, the Son of God. This is incredible. This is a great news. This is a news that will stay forever. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus, the Son of God. So if you want to know what is the good news, the good news is the gospel of Jesus. And the gospel is not first and foremost about us. It is not a device for getting what we want or need. That's not the gospel. 
It is not a technique for self-improvement or self-accomplishment. It is not like any other kind of news. It is not a means of tapping into our own inner resources. It does not offer itself as a tool for thinking positively about ourselves. It is not about us at all, although we are invited to believe its message. It is about Jesus, the Son of God. This is the good news. In verse 2 and 3, Mark quotes Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, and Isaiah 43, mentioning the major prophet, then John the Baptist, he fulfilled this pattern. That is, was mentioned by Isaiah, and it was spoken about in Malachi, but John the Baptist, that's the reason why Mark is pointing us to him. You know, if you have to think about Mark as the master of a ceremony, you know, he's quoting Isaiah and he quotes Malachi, then he points us to someone who I consider, when I look at John the Baptist, as the best man of Jesus Christ. You know, think about your wedding. What was the responsibility of a best man? He wanted to make sure that no one walks ahead of you. He wanted to make sure that you are the only one who can walk on that carpet because that is his responsibility. So this is what we learn. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Then he said his message, he said, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the stripe of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop, to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John made it clear the nature of the salvation that was coming. Malachi and Isaiah had both spoken of how God plan to prepare for his coming, and John was the guy ahead, and Mark is pointing us to say, look at this guy, what he did, what he said, what he prepared about the one who was going to come. And John is pushing himself backward when he's talking about this good news, he's saying, I am not the guy. There is someone who is coming, who is greater than I, and his name is Jesus. John made it clear that Jesus' messiahship would be spiritual. But think about it. When we expect about the good news, we look at political progress and economical welfare. You know, when the rand is so powerful, we are excited. But how many of us are so concerned about the spiritual being and the status of South Africans in this country How many of us are very concerned about the well-being of our brothers and sisters, their spiritual status, your neighbor, your brother, your sister? Yes, we can get excited when the economy is thriving, but that is not a good news to stay. When a leader comes in power and God's things changes, when when there are new ministers, when there are new cabinets, all these things, they are shakable. 
We are concerned about political progress and economical welfare than we are about forgiveness of sins and a clean conscience. And John, that's what he did. He was concerned about forgiveness of sins. He was concerned about a clean conscience of God's people. Like any other news, this good news of the gospel of Jesus does not leave us the way it finds us. If we believe its message, it is going to transform you. It is going to change you if you believe it. And the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the message of salvation. Saving of a man from the power and effects of sins of sin to receive total freedom. That is salvation. The gospel is about the actions of God as he reaches out to sinners who can neither serve themselves nor bow before him in submission apart from the working of his grace. We were singing all these songs just, just at the beginning. That's why I said these songs were prophetic because they are talking about the good news, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. His uniqueness and lordship. Luke 19.10, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's a good news. Are you waiting for any good news? Are you expecting other good news? This is the good news. That Jesus came to seek and save the lost. I was expecting a lot of amen. By the way, I'm going to let the guys know in Weinberg that you didn't say. (laughs) Now, let me give us three things. Then you'll be out of this place. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) The reason she said amen, because I can see she's communicating. I'm being challenged. Just release me. Just release me. I want to go out and do something about this good news. So the first thing about the good news is that God saved you from the penalty of sin. So you can be alive for God and so you can be alive to God. Saved you from the penalty of sin. If you're a Christ follower, you know the word justification. Ephesians 2, 4, 5 says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. By grace, we have been saved. This is good news. It is not by work. Doesn't have to do with class or status. It doesn't have to do with how educated or uneducated you are. It doesn't have to do with where you live. It doesn't have to do with your career. 
it is by God's grace that you have been saved from the penalty of sin. To better understand this point, think about an employer who just fired someone. And the person ran to the CCMA and uh, went to report to the employer. Then the employer was clever enough. He comes and said, I've got every evidence to prove that I had the reason to fire this guy. He's been stealing money. He hasn't been coming on time. He has been doing A, B, C. And here, I present to you the evidence. And when you think about this point, justification, the way justification, saved from the penalty of sin, and what Christ has done for you, and what Christ has done for me, is that he presents his blood before the Father. So here's the evidence why this person deserves the freedom that is needed. I went on the cross for him. Look at the blood. I've paid the price for this person. There is no way that this person can be excluded. That's why I said if you receive the gospel message, which is the good news, the gospel message of Jesus Christ, and if you believe it, there is no way you can be left outside of God's family. You have to be included automatically. Jesus holds the title deeds of your sonship. You just have to believe. Now, the second thing is that God is saving you from the power of sin. So, from the penalty of sin and from the power of sin. It renews us every single day. This is sanctification. 2 Corinthians 4.16 So we do not lose heart, though our heart self is, wasted, is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. That's the reason why I started by saying we should expect some bad news because we are living in a broken world. But we are not left alone. God is saving us from the power of sin. When the bad news comes, when you fail today, but you, have just to, you don't have to give up. You have to stand and you have to trust in the Lordship of Jesus. You have to continue to surrender and not trying to stand and say you can do it on your own. You have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit and trusting God to help you because some bad news will come your way. And if they haven't come, you should be expecting it. But the good news is that God is saving you from the power of sin. It is not going to destroy you into eternity because God has saved you. It is temporary. You know, the word of, of the cross, Paul said, it's foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You have to understand that if you are in Christ, you are set apart 
from all else and dedicated to God's use. If you are in Christ, and if you are not in Christ, the answer is obvious. You are outside the protection of God. You can be manipulated by any kind of forces and spirits because you are outside of God. No wonder you are so confused. No wonder you are so fearful. No wonder you are scared to face tomorrow just because you are on your own. God is inviting you today to trust in him. He's inviting you today to surrender to him. He's inviting you today to accept the free gift. Of salvation. And my last point, God will save you from the presence of sin. We shall be like Jesus one day. This is glorification, 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. This is the final step in the application of redemption. And we are going to see this coming up as we journey together in the book of uh, the gospel according to Mark. I have to say this, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the solution to our troubles. And God has ordained that it has to be embodied within the glory of the local church. That's a reason for me, whenever I get the opportunity to share the gospel, whether with one person or two, or in a setup like this one, I'm so excited because I know that there are lives that are going to be transformed now, and there are people that God is going to be calling back home, and I know that there is hope that is going to be communicated, and I know that this is a done deal. Christ has already, you know, paid the price for us, and we are just to respond to his invitation John's desire was to see sinners repent and surrender to Jesus' lordship. About people's backgrounds, he was not scared of those who were in leadership at, the, at, the, at, the, at his time. The good news was for everyone, and it's still for everyone. Yes, rich, poor, black, red, white, yellow, this good news is for us all. It doesn't exclude any person. The good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that's the good news. That Jesus came to seek and save the lost. The death and resurrection of Jesus has identified him as the global Lord. And God is drawing sinners to bow the new before him. 
This is not about us. It's about him. It's not about us. That's what John said. You know, guys, it's not about me. It is about the guy who is coming. I am not, I I don't have the ability even to go down and to try and touch on his traps. I don't have the ability. You know, when you, you, re, you study the book of Acts, you are going to see how the gospel touches. You know, there is this uh, poor young girl, then there is the king here, then there is an Ethiopian guy. You can see that the gospel is touching all people in the book of Acts. It's not excluding anyone. How do we respond to this announcement that we just get from Mark chapter 1. How do we respond to this announcement of the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God? How do we respond to it? Because if, if you look at it, you know, from verse 1 to verse 8, there is only one announcement, and it's the one that I've been spending time on. It is in verse 1. And the rest is just giving the reference, the reference to the announcement that is made in verse 1. So in in verse 4 and 8, we see John the Baptist as a living summary of the Old Testament prophecy. John called people to repentance, and he baptized those who expressed their willingness to repent. So this is one way that you can respond to the good news. It is that, you know, Getting to the point where you can repent, getting to the point where you can surrender to Christ, getting to the point where you can say, Jesus, I trust in you today. I surrender all to you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Because Jesus is the same yesterday and today. He hasn't changed, He will never change. So turn to God and get a fresh revelation of Jesus. Maybe you don't have a clear picture of who Jesus is. Maybe you don't understand the reason why he came. But I'm just saying some of those reasons now. We cannot, you know, if we are to go through and mention many, many reasons, but the one reason I can tell you is that he came to seek and save the lost like you and me. That's one big reason that can cause you to surrender to Jesus. So what is Jesus' invitation to you this morning? Matthew 11, verse 28, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It is Jesus who is inviting you. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, it's not about the local church. It is about a relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. It is not about Constantia Beg. And when we believe it, we are not left the same. We start to forgive 
without question. We start to see people the way God sees them. Those who are different to us, we start to see them just the way God sees them. We become even more generous because we understand God's generosity that he has given us his one and only son, Jesus Christ. The bad news doesn't leave us the same. And the good news as well transforms us from inside out, especially the good news of Jesus Christ, our Lord. It will take away fear. It eliminates judgments. Judgment of others. It gives you a proper view of who God is and what he has done for you. You become more loving than before. You become more kind than before. You start to consider others more than before. You start to live for one audience, Christ and Christ alone. Are you ready to receive Christ this morning? And some of you, it's going to be your first time to say yes to Jesus' lordship. And some of you, maybe you are to recommit yourself into this relationship with God. Think about what we do. I'm married. Those of you who are married, you know, I believe a lot of you here. And uh, think about it every time you are to celebrate your anniversary. You sit down and you think of the best place where you want to take your spouse, your wedding anniversary. And when you sit, this is what at least, I haven't been married for too long, and I can see that people have gone for 50 maybe, 50? Married for 50 years? I can see, Don, you are so rich. Uh, you know, this is, you can learn from, I've been only married for 12 years or 13 years, but every time it's an anniversary, my wife and I will sit at least to exchange vows again. We recommit to each other. Maybe that's what some of you, God is calling you to this morning, if you are Christ followers. But besides that, as Christ followers, won't you believe even more of the gospel? from this day. This, this is going to be one of the ways you can respond to this message. Just start to believe more of the gospel. Study the word of God. Don't wait for someone else to come and teach it to you, but get yourself into the word of God. Share more of the gospel with family, friends, your neighbors. Whenever opportunity is given to you, John was crazy about Jesus. He was crazy about God's kingdom. But we live in a country, we live in a city where there is no obstacle for us to share the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to invite you. Why can't you be like John? Why can't you be like John in your community? Don't celebrate the good news 
which is not there to stay because of that bad neighbor who has relocated. Actually, seek to reach him with the good news which will stay. Now, some of you, you celebrate, oh, finally this bad neighbor has left. <laughs> That's not the good news that is there to stay because I guarantee you another worse bad neighbor is going to come. <laughs> but God wants that bad neighbor to come for a good reason because God wants you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with that neighbor. Can I invite us to stand? Three things that are so... Three things that we can take with. The first one is that God saved you from the penalty of sin. And God is saving you from the power of sin. And God will save you from the presence of sin. One day, we won't live in fear of anything. Because we'll be more like Jesus. I want us to sing a song of celebration. But I'm also going to make for two types of people. One type of, one group of people is those of you who are saying, I am here, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to accept him as my Lord and Savior. And the other group, those of you are saying, Andre, can you stand with me? I feel like I backslided, you know, some months ago, some years ago. I am doubting Jesus. I don't believe him the way I used to do before. Won't you pray with me? Can we pray now? Won't you pray with me so that Jesus can be real again to me? So those are the two groups of people. And I'm going to be right here in front. And if you feel like you want to come and we can pray as a group together, I will do that with you. And if you feel like you want to pray just alone and you want to accept Jesus, I am here. I can actually pray with you and it is going to happen today. Salvation is here today. It's not tomorrow. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Because you are the good news. Kabumbale Samuka Tampe. Wanyele Abutonke Wamenso Yalubimpe. Seigneur, sois béni et sois loué, Jésus. Qui est comme toi, le maître du temps et de toutes circonstances. Le Dieu, c'est lui qui avait séparé la main rouge, c'est toi, ô oh Jésus. La Bible déclare que tu ne changes pas. Je te bénis, mon Dieu. Je te bénis, Jésus-Christ de Nazareth. Sois loué, mon Dieu. Here we stand before you, God. The one who searches our hearts, you are the pillar and the foundation of the truth. There is no one like you. There is no one like you. Father, I pray that you restore those broken hearts. Lord, I pray that you breathe life where there is no life. God, I pray this morning that you touch the lives 
of your sons and daughters standing in your presence here today. In your name, Jesus. All the glory we give back to you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the privilege that we have to live in a country where we have the freedom to talk about this good news. Equip and empower each one of us, O oh Lord, to do this, to go out and to be crazy, mad about who you are, Jesus, and what you've done for us. In your name I pray. Amen.